Hello and welcome back. In this episode, we talk about the Middle Kingdom, its creation, um, its forms of legitimacy, and then its its ending, its abrupt ending. Um, the Middle Kingdom is going to be the successor from a period of chaos called the First Intermediate Period. So we have the Old Kingdom, the First Intermediate Period, and then the Middle Kingdom. And the First Intermediate Period is going to last a couple hundred years, and it's going to be this period of nobility fighting each other over who gets to be the next pharaoh. Uh, it's war between the nobles. It's a period of chaos, whereas kingdoms are periods of stability and prosperity. Egypt, um, Egypt uh, intermediate periods are periods of um, war, of civil war, of destruction, and is seen as chaos. So they're bad. They're bad in the Egyptian mindset. There's less law, less order. Um, in fact, the Middle Kingdom and the, the first intermediate period in the Middle Kingdom will create a whole new kind of poetry, um, lamentations of, oh, if only we had a pharaoh, if only we had stability, you know, remember the old days when things were great and now things are terrible. They, they have this whole new um, art form that will, will be huge in this period. Um, eventually there's a winner. And that winner um, will be the princes of Thebes. Thebes is the southernmost city in um, Egypt at this period. It's southernmost kind of p province slash city. And it makes sense that they would win. And the reason it makes sense that they would win is they had access to um, the Nile, the African trade. All the African trade coming up or coming down the Nile, I should say, from Africa, from Kush, from Nubia, um, came into Thebes. Merchants from Africa would sell their stuff in Thebes, buy stuff in Thebes, and then leave. That gave the princes of Thebes access to not only money, hard currency that other interior nobility didn't have, but also gave them access to African mercenaries. So they could take the money they were making off the tr their taxes on trade and then turn that into mercenary soldiers who were good soldiers. Um, African kingdoms had, or were much more Mesopotamian in their kind of war and peace um, divide. And so there's lots of fighting in these African kingdoms. So there's lots of soldiers who know how to fight. And so the princes of Thebes could hire these, these mercenaries. And you, you would rather hire mercenaries than use your own people. Um, the reason why is your own citizens are doing work in the fields and you need them to, to produce. Um, the second is that mercenaries can go home. They can leave. You pay them and they leave. They're, yeah, they're, their loyalty is built only on payment, but you could pay them. They do their job and then they leave. They go away. And so um, they're much easier to deal with though you, they're much more expensive. You need the money. But the princes of Thebes will win. They'll use this, this financial and military advantage and eventually unite Egypt into what is called the Middle Kingdom. So the Middle Kingdom is going to last a couple hundred years. And uh, this is called... They'll have a small military. Unlike the Old Kingdom, which had really no military, 
the princes of Thebes won by war. They, they, they conquered themselves a piece. And so there, there's always that kind of friction with the nobility, with the, the conquered nobility. I mean, you beat up some, you married others, you bribed a third, but there's always this kind of, so maybe they'll think about becoming pharaoh, maybe they'll revolt. And so there's always this concept of, we need an army. We need a little army that we could, a, a strike force, basically, um, using African mercenaries or other mercenaries, but it's mostly going to be, it's all going to be mercenaries, that could be used to just kind of make sure that Egyptian noblemen knew their place. That's basically it. Um, what about pyramids? Well, they're not going to build, the Middle Kingdom is not going to build pyramids. Now, why? Well, pyramids didn't work. Pyramids did not work. And so why would you build pyramids? They're big. They're expensive. They take a long time to build. They are hugely resource-intensive. And in the end, they didn't work. So the Middle Kingdom is going to look for other ways. And in fact, the Middle Kingdom is going to use two ways. One is going to be um, organization and prosperity. The Middle Kingdom is going to say, we will make your life better. We, you will have more money. Your life will be easier. We will make you, um, we will make your life better through organization. And this is going to be really seen in infrastructure projects. This is very true in these kind of infrastructure projects. Um, irrigation, um, connections, trade. The Middle Kingdom is very much interested in um, things that a combination of put people to work. Well, you remember the pyramids did that too, but also um, create more wealth for its people. The second thing is that they're going to invest heavily in culture and literature, that the pharaohs are going to hire playwrights. They're going to hire actors. They're going to hire um, writers. They're going to hire um, artists to create tales of greatness that they are, the Middle Kingdom is Egypt's classical age. It's its literary age. Um, and so the pharaohs are going to be the major proponents, major patrons of a lot of this. And you, you can understand why. If pharaoh is going to give a writer, a playwright, he's going to hire a playwright to write a play, he's going to pay him $10,000 to write a play. What do you think that play is going to be about? It's going to be about how awesome the pharaoh is. Did you hear the one about the, did you go see the play about the pharaoh who saved the ducks from the flood? Pharaoh is awesome. These are going to be tales of greatness that are going to show off how awesome pharaoh is. That's what it's going to be. So what is the advantage of this? Why do it? Well, the advantage is that's way, way, way cheaper than pyramids. You still get legitimacy. People still have a good idea of Pharaoh. They read the play, they watch the plays, you know, because Pharaoh's going to hire, not only hire the playwright, he's going to hire actors and acting troops and the carpenters that will go from town to town to town to put on these plays. So people will go and see these things. They, they'll hear the stories, they'll hear the poetry, they'll hear the songs, and in the end, what, what they'll come away with is, wow, 
I didn't know that about Pharaoh. Did you know that about Pharaoh? Pharaoh is awesome. So they have a good idea about Pharaoh. They like Pharaoh. They think Pharaoh is on their side. Um, this, is, this is, in modern political jargon, this is called soft power. Hard power is force, military power, where soft power is hearts and minds, what people think about you. And the, the point of the Middle Kingdom is to, to be all about soft power, is to be people have a good idea of who you are. When they think about you, they like you. The so the advantage is you get legitimacy, but it's way cheaper. It's way less resource intensive. It's way less time intensive than pyramids. That's good. The disadvantage is, this is the disadvantage is, you can't control your story. And you people know that. You know that from your Facebook and your Twitter accounts. You know that from your Instagram. You know that from, from text messaging. You know that when you send something out in the world for an audience, you send something and you expect for a particular audience that they're going to read it, they're going to see it, they'll have a predictable reaction. But you know you can't predict who's always going to see it, who's always going to read it, who the audience might be. Um, right now, there's a, stories about how teenagers are leaving Facebook. Teenagers don't want to be on Facebook anymore. Okay, well, why? Well, because their parents are on Facebook. And the thing that the teenager writes on Facebook, their status update about what they do or think or whatever they are, that they want their friends to see, they don't want their parents to see because their parents will have a different reaction. And they can't guarantee that that picture, that selfie that they'll take, won't get back out, which is why things like Snapchat, these kind of limited um, programs, these programs that you create something, you create a picture, but then it, it destroys itself. There's a lot of self-destruction apps going on out there so that you can limit, you could try to control who hears or reads or sees what you're producing. In the ancient world, all of these stories go out there and they're like ripples. And they're meant for an Egyptian audience and the Egyptian audience loves it. The problem is you can't guarantee that only an Egyptian audience will hear it or see it. And you don't know how the non-Egyptian audience will react. So here's, here's an example. I'm going to make up an example. This is not a real example, but I'm going to make one up. Did you hear the story about the pharaoh who gave a billion dollars to help orphans? Well, if you're an Egyptian and you hear that, what point, what part of that story did you hear? What part of that headline did you hear? You heard orphans. You heard help orphans. Well, what about the billion dollars? Well, he's Pharaoh and you're an Egyptian. Of course he's rich. It's like saying, well, Bill Gates gave, million, gave a lot of money to, to a charity. Of course he did. He's Bill Gates. He's Warren Buffett. They have a lot of money. Right? It, it more makes the news when rich people are cheap about things. You know, billionaire leaves 10 cent tip. That makes the news, right? So, if you're an Egyptian and you hear the story about Pharaoh giving a billion dollars to help orphans, 
You hear the helping orphans. Aww. Pharaoh's so nice. He's helping kids. He's helping the poor. He's helping people who can't help themselves. He's helping the, the most vulnerable among us. Isn't Pharaoh awesome? But what if you are a Mesopotamian warrior pirate? You hear that story completely differently. You hear the billion dollars. Because if you are a warrior pirate, you know, biker gang, you know, from hell kind of dude, going around Mesopotamia beating people up, you don't really care about the orphans part. That might be nice. All right. Oh, he's off. Nice. But the part that's going to stick in your mind is the Egyptian pharaoh gave away a billion dollars, which, of course, means... He's got a lot more than a billion dollars because no one gives away all of their money. So he's got a lot more than a billion dollars. And since he's just giving it away, why don't we go along, tough guys that we are, warrior, pirate, biker gang, super tough guys, and go and take it. And that is exactly what happens. That is the invasion of the Hiscos. Um, Now, there's debates about how the Hiscos show up. They seem to be Philistine slash Phoenician Canaanite tribes that show up. Um, for all purposes, they're Mesopotamian. They're, me- they're a Mesopotamian tribe in every kind of way they are of the Mesopotamian culture, milieu. Um, and there's questions about, did Egyptian noblemen bring them in? Did they come in on their own? There's just not a lot of information um, on, on, on them. But what happens is they roll in. And they come and they bring the super technology, the super badass warrior technology of, of Mesopotamia. That is horses. That's war horses. That's the light chariot. That's the compound bow. They come rolling in, and the Egyptians don't have any of this. And the Egyptians get smashed. The Hiskos come in, kill the pharaoh, conquer northern Egypt. They end the Middle Kingdom, start the Second Intermediate Period. Egypt breaks up. It is like hitting Egypt with a giant sledgehammer. The Hiskos will loot, will steal, will rape. Um, they'll kind of just squat on top of um, northern Egypt. In fact, southern Egypt remains Egyptian, independent, um, because the, the Hiskos, being warrior, pirate, uh, Mesopotamia warrior pirates, are, you know, kind of, um, they're not lazy, but they're the, do I really, I'm, I just conquered all this stuff. I'm fairly rich. I can steal all the money, more money than I could possibly spend. Do I really want to go 900 miles up a river through a desert to go beat up all the Egyptians? And the answer is no. They didn't really care about running Egypt. They, were, they cared about looting Egypt. And so this is a massive, massive trauma to the Egyptians. This invasion of the Hiskos is a massive trauma. Um, the Middle Kingdom goes down fighting, goes down in, in, in blood. Um, and the Middle Kingdom is essentially, the order is essentially destroyed. Now you have to remember, Egypt up to this point has never been invaded. They've never had serious wars, anything like what we've been talking about in Mesopotamia. And so the questions are, how did this happen? How did this happen? Like any trauma, and we're going to talk about trauma a lot in this class when we talk about peoples, 
It's you ask two questions: How does it happen, and how do I prevent it from happening again? And so, what Egypt needs, what they they kind of quickly realize is what they need is a hero. Egypt needs a hero. Somebody who can unite the Egyptians, humble these these independent, well, I can be in charge kind of noblemen, humble them and order them to a specific purpose to unite them, reform the army on a Mesopotamian model. Because obviously the Egyptian model is not going to work. Um, there is no Egyptian model, and the use of some foreign mercenaries is simply not going to work. You are technologically behind. You're going to have to catch up, um, which means you're going to have to organize the economy to create the money, to cur- to buy the resources, to create a Mesopotamian army, and then kick out the invaders. So you need you need a hero. You need somebody who could show up with the authority and say, I am in charge, I will run the show, I will kick out the invaders, I need to make an army, I need to get the economy going, I need the money, and has the willpower to do it, the authority to do it, the charisma to get people to follow him, Egypt needs a hero. Egypt doesn't need a leader, Egypt doesn't even need a pharaoh, Egypt needs a hero. And the amazing thing is, Egypt will get one. And that will be the new kingdom. And we'll talk about the new kingdom uh, in our next lecture.